You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. All right. Uh, we remember a long time ago, Russia decided it was going to uh, take Ukraine and thought it could do so in a couple of days. And obviously that did not happen. And here we are over a year later and uh, the destruction continues and we can't really see a lot of progress. That's for sure. Uh, one thing that has happened is Finland, uh, as well as Sweden, thinking about it, Finland is set to join nato tomorrow and of course one of the things that uh that putin said he was concerned about was the expansion of nato when in fact his invasion of ukraine has actually driven more people to to think about what finland is doing and that is joining nato for prote- for protection let's bring in arl brown professor international relations senior member of the monk school of global affairs at the university of toronto and is with us now arl thanks for the time hope you're well thank you so Finland in tomorrow, Sweden still a question mark. Why is Finland in and Sweden not at this point? Finland uh, is not viewed by the leaders of Turkey, or Turkey as it's called now, and uh, Hungary as uh, having sufficiently offended the local dictators uh, or to have been harboring dissidents. Uh, from Turkey's particularly Kurdish dissidents. And so, uh, especially in the case of Erdogan, who's facing an election, he wants to appear to be tough. He wants to be able to tell his people that I can uh, order other countries around. I can punish those that uh, try to cause us harm or those who criticize the leadership. And so Finland is, in a sense, the little brother, and uh, Sweden was the big brother, who was the primary target. Uh, If Finland does get in or is going to get in tomorrow, is it just a matter of time before Sweden does? It will make it much easier for Sweden to get in because the pressure will be enormous on Erdogan. If he wins the election, if he loses the election, then his successor may well approve it. And then we'll be just left up to Orban in Hungary, who is already feeling a great deal of pressure from the EU to allow Sweden in, for all intents and purposes, the entry of uh, Finland into the alliance means that uh, the country with which Finland now has an extremely close military cooperation will be functioning as a NATO state, even though formally it is not yet a NATO country. Uh, Obviously, this was the last thing that Putin wanted. Who else? Is there somebody else on the doorstep? in terms of entry into NATO? Yes. Uh, Well, Moldova obviously would like to join NATO, and the Russians have troops in Transnistria, and it's a frozen conflict. They would do everything else uh, uh, that they haven't done so far to try to uh, uh, cause problems, to try to destabilize Moldova, uh, to prevent that uh, from happening. But Finland is formally joining already, If I were in the Kremlin, I would view this as a strategic nightmare because this really alters the equation. Finland is a country that is very well armed. It has superbly trained armed forces. It can call on massive reserves, even though it has a small population. It has a record of fighting off the Russians uh, for a significant period of time back in uh, 1940, and they're much better equipped now. And this is an 800-mile-plus border. So uh, 
uh, Putin uh, uh, will have difficulty explaining this away as something insignificant. Any strategist in the Kremlin, any military leader in Russia knows that this is a terrible outcome for Russia. Uh, we remember at the beginning of this invasion of Ukraine, uh, Putin was concerned about Ukraine in a buffer zone between NATO. Uh, and I remember Zelensky saying they weren't interested in joining NATO, meaning Ukraine. Has that changed now? Is it just a matter of time before Ukraine does, considering what they've been through? This is the perverse irony in what uh, Putin has tried to do. Uh, he claimed that it was NATO enlargement. I think it was all about domestic power and his ambition to try to recreate part of uh, uh, the Russian Empire as a way to divert attention away from intractable domestic uh, problems. And so now we have countries that were not inclined to join NATO. If you look at the opinion polls in Finland prior to the Russian invasion, the majority of Finns did not want to join NATO. And uh, in Sweden, next door, only about 48% at best were willing to join NATO. That has flipped completely because the Russian threat is so dire. And now in the case of Ukraine, the vast majority of the Ukrainian people undoubtedly also want to have NATO membership. And should Ukraine prevail and push the Russians out of Ukraine or push the Russians at least back to their position on uh, the 20. 3rd of February of, of last year, NATO would then have to decide whether they would admit uh, uh, Ukraine. And I think in moral terms, as well as strategic terms, it would be very difficult for NATO to say no. How is Putin reacting to this information? And also understand that um, obviously there's a, a U.S. journalist that's been uh, been taken and also a, a recent bombing in Russia. Uh, so things have, have sort of hit the home front there. Is that changing anything in this discussion, Arl? The Kremlin controls the media in uh, Russia. Most people get their information from television and from the newspapers that they control. So uh, they will be given the best possible uh, optimistic interpretation. And that is that uh, the Kremlin will claim that the membership of Finland is not very significant, that uh, Russia uh, is uh, defending itself, that uh, Russia has no choice in Ukraine, that this is a defensive war, and if anything, even though Finland's membership doesn't change the strategic picture, it is a demonstration of the ill will of NATO, that uh, the ultimate goal of NATO is to, to dismantle Russia, and consequently only Vladimir Putin can save Russia. And this has been selling to an extent, but as they sustain greater losses, I think more people will be asking questions, uh, just what uh, sacrifices Russia is making in Ukraine, and why is it that Russia has to defend its sovereignty by invading Ukraine. And what about the um, bombing that took the life of the uh, Russian blogger who was promoting the war and such? How has that resonated within Russia? We don't know exactly what happened because this is a very opaque political system and much of the information we have is what the Kremlin has uh, put out. The way the Kremlin is trying to portray this is that Ukraine had a hand in it, that uh, 
Ukraine, which is not a real country, nevertheless seems to have this far reach uh, that the leadership in Ukraine, which is supposed to be incompetent, I think at one point uh, Vladimir Putin called them a bunch of drug uh, adult uh, or adult neo-Nazis, somehow seems to be clever enough and effective enough that they can reach deep into Russia, organize an assassination. So um, it's tough to square that circle for the Kremlin. Aro Brown with us, Professor of International Relations, Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs, University of Toronto. Aro, as always, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Be well. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.